0: to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. I often talk about how this podcast uses contemporary Christian music to inspire us to dig into scripture. In addition to scripture, what inspires the songwriter? I uncovered an interesting story behind the song Forgiven by Crowder, but before we get to that and more importantly God's word, let's listen. I'm the one who It was cold between my fingertips, I've hidden in the garden, I've denied you with my very lips, God I fall down to my knees with a hammer in Characters in the last moments of Jesus' life reflected in these lyrics. So, I would like to consider these characters and how we might see ourselves in them. Now, the crucifixion of Christ is repeated in all four Gospels, and this might be a really good opportunity to read and compare, maybe jot down some observations, really soak in the story by reading it in all four Gospels. So, I used the Bible interaction tool exercise of repetition. To soak in the story this week. And when a story is told in all four Gospels, it's easy to use this bite. Bible Interaction Tool Exercise. These are just small habits that I share each week that you can use as you interact with God's Word to keep it varied and exciting. And so this is a really great opportunity uh, because it's told in... maybe from four different perspectives in all four Gospels. So for today, though, we're going to use Luke's details of Christ's last moments on earth and the revelation of the characters found in our lyrics. But I really want you to be sure to use the bite of reading in context. So I'm going to go, pull, go ahead and pull out smaller chunks of Scripture today on the podcast, but reading the story all the way through, So, for example, I read uh, from the Passover supper to betrayal, to crucifixion, to resurrection each time in all four Gospels. But by reading the story all the way through, it keeps you in context as you begin to pull bigger ideas from Scripture. So the opening lyrics of our song says, I am the one who held the nail. It was cold between my fingertips. And one of the characters in the crucifixion of Jesus who could have possibly held the hammer and nail in his hand was one of the centurions or Roman soldiers mentioned in Scripture. Now, it's not detailed, but it's possible that the centurion uh, that that makes a declaration, we're going to see that in a minute, that he might have been the one who actually pounded the nails into the Savior of the world. So I want to think about the centurion here, and I want you to really roll this around in your mind a bit. You've got to give yourself some margin, give yourself some time to think about it. That's why repetition is so powerful, because you read the story, and then you can think about it. Maybe you read it one day, think about it another day, read it again another day, that kind of thing. So many times we blow through common stories, and we really fail to see the people described in God's Word as real people. And so then we fail to see ourselves in them, and we fail to learn from them. So... Uh, In fact, if you do this, you're actually combining two bites. So one Bible interaction tool exercise is to meditate on scripture. And when I say this, I mean, just really think about what you're reading, try to picture it in your mind and see what details God might pull out for you. But the other bite uh, that goes hand in hand with meditation in these types of stories is the Bible interaction tool exercise of remembering that the characters you are reading about are real people. So when you meditate on this section of scripture, remember this centurion was a real man. So uh, maybe think about how you would describe him to a friend and what could be true about him. So I don't want you to add to scripture. uh, That's not what I'm saying. But it never hurts to consider human nature and the consistencies about human ways that span culture and time. And so he was a man in the Roman army. He was just doing his job. This may not have been his first crucifixion. In fact, it, it probably wasn't his first crucifixion. Uh, I had a friend who was in the honor guard in washington d c and while it was a privilege for him to honor the fallen at funerals, his day in and day out service caused him to be become a little numb over time and he hated that he hated that something so profound um, began to just feel very numb to him. So I wonder if this centurion had become numb and hated it. You know, just one more curse, crucifixion. Just He hardly noticed the brutality anymore. Um, maybe he couldn't appreciate the entertainment of it, to, like the onlookers, or and he grew numb to the tears and the wails of the friends and relatives watching their loved ones die. You know, he no longer thought of guilt or innocence. He just took care of the criminals in honor of the Roman Empire. Some of his fellow centurions became jaded and cruel. Each death fed into their sick jokes, but he wasn't like that. But he was numb. And what of us? You know, our lyrics say, I'm the one who held the nail. And that's really where the story behind the song comes in. I'm going to link to the video in the show notes. And you can find the show notes at MichelleNesat.com forward slash uh, one seven eight. I'll link to the video. But the co-writer on this song, Edmund Martin Cash, had seen a picture of period Jesus holding a modern man in blue jeans, and the man that he was holding had held a hammer in his hand. And the title of the art piece is is actually called Forgiven, and it was painted by Thomas Blackshear. And what struck this songwriter is that the forgiven man in the picture is had a hammer in his hand. And that, of course, is reflected in our lyrics. And that could be you. And that could be me. You know, I've often heard that it is my sin that nailed Christ to the cross. So how do I compare to the centurion? You know, one of the questions I've asked myself this week is, have I become numb to the sin all around me? Um, Does it no longer make me sad? Does it no longer make me mad? Do I just clock in and clock out, faithfully doing my job with honor, but missing the miracle right in front of me? And so let's consider our our centurion. The one in Luke's account had a revelation. He said, certainly this man was innocent. And that was his conclusion. And it's funny to me, the phrase just before it, though, um, it says, when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God, saying, certainly this man was innocent. He praised God is the interesting phrase to me. You know, praise God, the man who was just brutally beaten and murdered was innocent. No, I don't think that's what that's saying. He had, you know, you see, that the centurion had taken in the details of the day. Perhaps he was with Jesus all day, you know, when Jesus stood before Pilate, when he was taken to Herod, along the road to Golgotha, where he would ultimately be crucified. And I don't have time to give you all of those details today, but you can go back and read them for yourself. And if you do what I've recommended and read it in context, um, you'll see all of those details. And when you do read it in context, consider that this centurion could have taken them all in as an outsider. You see, he's he's just a bystander that would eventually gain revelation that did not come from his own logic, right? It came from God himself. But he wasn't the only bystander. He wasn't the only soldier. They didn't all respond that way. They all saw the same thing. And yet this man responded this way. And, uh, but that's why he praised God. Because the centurion had received revelation that Jesus was not only innocent, but the Christ and the Messiah. And we may be the one holding the nail with the hammer in our hand. But we can still receive the gift of revelation from God that we are forgiven not of ourselves, it's the gift of God. His very life in exchange for ours, the innocent in exchange for the guilty. So we go from the centurion who didn't know Jesus, right? He's just an outsider. He's a bystander to Peter. In fact, the centurion probably began his day just like any other day. And so did Peter, you know, but while the centurion's days may have been filled with crucifying criminals or keeping the peace in honor of Rome, Peter's days were filled with intimate fellowship with the Messiah. He saw miracles, and he laughed with him, and he prayed with him, and he ate with him, and he knew this man wasn't guilty. He knew this man was the son of God. God had already given Peter that same revelation earlier. In Matthew 16, verse 15, it says, Jesus said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for bl- flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. So why would a disciple like Peter uh, need forgiveness? Why, why would he, um, well, of course, our, our lyrics hint at it. it. says, I've hidden in the garden and I've denied you with my very lips. You see, when they came to arrest Jesus, Peter couldn't even stay awake to pray with him. They were in the garden. And once Jesus was arrested, Peter ran away with everyone else. And then later on, he ultimately denied ever even knowing him. And Jesus said he would deny him. Peter couldn't believe it was possible that he could deny him. But he sure did. Three times, in fact. He went from fellowship to fear in three seconds flat. How fickle. And after all that Peter had seen and experienced with Jesus, he knew him. He walked with him. I take this as a warning, my friends. Much like a couple of weeks ago in episode 176, when we saw King Asa and, and Judah, they went from wholehearted devotion to relying on others in the same season. You know? And it's possible for us to have deep fellowship with Christ and still come to a moment in our walk where we would deny we ever knew him oh, wow, it's it's a little terrifying to think that that could be so. But if you're in a place where that is so for you, just see yourself in Peter. And yet even Peter, even we, with our fickle nature, he's forgiven. We're forgiven. He was forgiven. There's a third character that I see when I consider the song, and to meet him, we must go back to the cross. Um, Verse 32, two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him, with Jesus. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments and the people stood by watching. But the rulers scoffed at him saying he saved others. Let him save himself. If he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. So I want to consider the second criminal on the cross. We don't know specifically what he did, but we know whatever it was, he believed he was receiving a just punishment for his crime. So what do we see? Well, he stands up for Jesus. And while the other criminal is dying on the cross as well, he seems to have the energy to mock Jesus. And isn't that just how it goes? Those on the fast lane to destruction are the ones mocking the innocent. So this second criminal stands up for Jesus. He rebukes the other criminal saying, this man has done nothing wrong. He fears God. He believes that Jesus indeed can save him. It's not this crazy hope. Again, a revelation that this guy is the real deal that didn't come from him, it came from God. He realized that Jesus was not just some insurrectionist that finally got caught. He was the Son of God. And his plea was heartfelt and sincere and simple Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And what was Jesus' response? I'm sorry, you haven't read the Bible all the way through yet. No, he didn't say, I'm sorry, you didn't say the sinner's prayer just the right way. No, he didn't say, I'm sorry, you weren't baptized yet. No, Jesus' response was mercy. In the criminal on the cross, there was recognition of his own guilt. There was sorrow rather than hubris for his sin. There was a plea for mercy, and it was granted. Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. So we've examined three men, all real, all with varied backgrounds, all with varied responses, all forgiven. In fact, in Luke 23, 34, we see Jesus interceding on behalf of everyone we've examined and even the other characters in the story that we haven't examined yet. Jesus cries out to the Father in the midst of his brutal crucifixion, saying, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. So let this song and scripture remind you that no matter who you are, Christ has died for your sins. There is an element of not knowing what we're doing in all of us. And even as we repent and accept Christ's offer of salvation, there will be future repentance as we continue to walk with him, future revelation of sin that we will continue to repent of, Future, not really knowing what we're doing, moments where we understand grace further and forgiveness in deeper and deeper ways. So what's next? We'll read Luke chapter 22 through chapter 24 at the minimum. Our focus verses are right in the middle of this context, but reading in context is an important habit. Perhaps read the same account in the other three Gospels as well. And then consider the three men we talked about on today's podcast. The centurion who possibly nailed Jesus to the cross, Peter, and the criminal who cried out for mercy on the cross next to Jesus. And remember that they were real and that there may be some characteristics that we can see in ourselves. And finally, remember, you are forgiven, not because you've done or could do anything to deserve it, but because it is freely given by Jesus himself. And then while you're in God's Word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, Michelle at com. Hop on Twitter at MichelleNizat or Facebook, Michelle L. Nizat is my public page, and we can talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank the premier Christian music streaming service, the TheOverflow.com, for pointing their subscribers to this podcast, but more importantly, pointing them to God's Word through music. When you subscribe to their trial, you will receive a 10-day series of devotions I wrote, based on some of my most popular podcast episodes, so I encourage you to check them out at theoverflow.com. I also want to thank my newest subscribers to my website, like Belma from Indiana, Bennett from Illinois, Mary from Virginia, Teresa from Maryland, Emma from somewhere in the U.S., Andrea from Australia, Yaneth from Florida, Rishirna from Alabama, Elizabeth and Kathy from somewhere in the U.S., and Cheryl from Florida. Welcome. Now new subscribers to my website will benefit from an email that I send out once a week and in that email you'll get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop or you can print it out. You get an email recap of the week's episode and you get instant access to any of the extra resources that I create from time to time and all of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. Now, don't miss an episode of my podcast. You can subscribe directly in iTunes. And while you're there, would you leave me a written review and a star rating? This not only encourages me, but helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will use There Is Power by Lincoln Brewster to jump into scripture. And if you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. Just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michelleknizat.com forward slash 178. And while you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.